0: When you think hackers, a lot of people incorrectly think it's just some guy with a hoodie in his mom's basement, but that's uh, that's really no longer the case. No matter how much we joke about it, it's it's usually a well-organized criminal organization.
1: Welcome to the Emergency Medicine Workforce Podcast, where we explore the business and profession of emergency medicine. I'm Leon Edelman, an emergency physician and the co-founder of Ivy Clinicians. As doctors, we've all had our battles with the IT or security department. For me, the most memorable was at my first post-residency job in 2012. At the time, Google Chrome was fairly new, but already way better than Microsoft's Internet Explorer. Every time I would come into work, I'd download Google Chrome And when I came back for my next shift, Google Chrome would disappear. Turns out the security guy and I had our own cold war going for months before he finally relented. A lot has happened since the Chrome battles of 2012. I'm excited to talk about all things cybersecurity and healthcare with my friend, John Sternstein, founder and CEO of Stern Security. Throughout his career, John has worked cybersecurity in a few industries, legal, education, financial, and most recently, healthcare.
0: Working in healthcare, I realized that the healthcare industry was far behind the financial industry that I was used to before that. And so I was networking with a lot of other hospitals at the time and speaking with them and learning what their challenges were. I realized that we would do better if we can all work together. And I realized, you know, I could actually help out a lot of organizations, not just the organization I was working for at the time. And I had some other groups asking me for, for help and I couldn't really do that while I was working at the hospital. So I said, Okay, well if I could start my my own uh, company, then I could actually do these to uh, help out a lot of organizations with their cybersecurity, make an impact on the healthcare industry because we need to catch up with the other industries that are out there.
1: John formed Stern Security in 2014. And not only is he helping healthcare catch up with other industries, he's also working on a very specific critical problem we all face.
0: Every year we pretty much break new records on, on healthcare breaches. I think that one of the most interesting um, stats that are out there is that out of all the industries um, that are out there, healthcare has the highest cost for a data breach. So it's over $400 per record loss. So if you think about some of these uh, organizations, I mean, even small organizations with thousands of patient records, I mean, times that by over $400 per record loss, or, or a data breach, I mean, that can be quite expensive for an organization. Mm. I mean, on top of the, the breach costs, you can also be you know, fined by the, the government for not following uh, guidelines that are in place. So I think that initially, people didn't think that healthcare would be a target. They thought, mm-hmm. okay, intruders are going to come and break into banks. They're going to steal money. Healthcare. Who really cares about patient information? That's just not something to, to worry about. But then, in, then criminals realize that you know once you have an entire patient record, you have their name, their social, you have diagnoses, all all this. That, that is actually worth a lot more than a single credit card. I mean, with all that information, you can open up credit cards in somebody's name, you can open up loans. Uh, you can do all of this that you can't do with just a, a credit card. You have their full identity at that point. And so that's the part that's um, really kind of interesting that people realize that criminals actually do want that information, that healthcare is a, is a target. And oftentimes, Criminals go for the low hanging fruit here. So they mm-hmm. said, okay, well in the financial industry, they're getting a lot more lockdown. Healthcare is kind of the wild West over here. So we're going to target healthcare. And, we're easy. Um, we're easy targets. Yeah. They're easy targets. Everybody has Chrome on their, their machines. No, <laughs> There's no, no problem with, with Chrome at all. Just, just, just joking. But, um, yeah. but yeah, I mean that, we, we've seen that. I mean, there's there's an interesting case years back where I remember people said, well, what exactly do criminals do with with this information? There is a behavioral health center that was compromised years ago. and what ha- what was interesting about this one case was that we actually got insight into what the criminals were doing with that information. Hmm. so, the criminals, I believe they stole maybe 5,000 records from from this organization, but they went on the hacker underground, and they basically offered that information for sale. And they, they said, listen, we have data, we have therapy notes, we have full identities for people, all levels in their career, from, pres- from um, presence of companies to you know analysts and we are offering this for sale and they said what you can do is you can basically target these individuals with ransom or you can say you can say hey we'll release your therapy notes if you don't don't pay us they also said we know that this um, behavioral health center has an insurance policy with th- these limits so you can go back to that behavioral health center and basically try to have some type of ransom situation there, and um, say we will release these records if you do not, you know, pay a certain amount. So we got a lot of insight into what what criminals actually do with this this
1: information. Wow, that's wild. Yeah, I'm just looking at um, healthcarebreaches.com, which has a lot of data about about these breaches, and, and the numbers are just crazy. I mean, you're you're talking about. Huge financial numbers, huge impact on individual lives, as you were saying. Um, And according to healthcarebreaches.com, the number of breaches um, just last year, and tell me if this is uh, yearly or overall, but 5,217, 389 million patient records lost. um, Just huge numbers that we're talking about.
0: Yeah, I mean, last year it was actually... um, there were 716 breaches that are 500 and more patient records. So, I mean, Health and Human Services only tracks uh, publicly the data for a breach that's 500 or more more records. But I mean, yeah, patient records lost over over time. I mean, there's uh, almost 400 million patient records lost. Right. I mean, we're in North Carolina. You think it, it, think about the popul- population population North Carolina is what maybe 10 million or something yeah. and just I mean these numbers just completely dwarf that so you're thinking about entire populations here potentially compromised so yeah I mean the numbers are are pretty
1: staggering got it so so let's get a little bit wonkier here so um so I was looking at your 2022 healthcare data breach report and um, one of the things that you wrote is The primary categories of breaches are hacking, theft, and unauthorized access or disclosure. Examples of unauthorized access or disclosure include patient records sent to incorrect patients, inadvertently published PHI, and healthcare workers accessing data that they were not authorized to do. While, While there are multiple sources of data breaches, the high breach trend is mostly due to hacking, which is clearly visible in the in the graphs. And if you guys want to check out the graphs, head to um, Stern uh, Stern Security's website. So tell us a little bit more about these uh, these categories. So I guess first uh, let's go let's go with hacking. Tell us a little bit more about what that means.
0: Sure. Yeah, I'd say when when you look at healthcare data breaches, most people picture hacking. They don't realize there's more categories there. So I mean, hacking is basically the, a hacking category is when uh, a criminal entity or criminal individual breaks into a system or a server and steals that that information so that could be breaking into a EHR that could be a patient portal they could just break into a database and see patient information and um, they have access to that so that is basically the the hacking category
1: got it yeah. and and then the theft is that is that like the old school, like is, is this um, uh, this is the Hunter Biden situation, the the the, the mythical laptop, or what, what? What do you guys mean by by theft?
0: Yeah, I'd say most are um, are the laptop situation, where a laptop gets stolen, or even the um, thumb drive, a USB drive gets stolen, mm-hmm. or a USB drive with. Patient information gets lost and you don't know what happened to it, you have to report that as, as a breach as well. So, um, I mean, this category also includes um, actually paper records as well. So if a mm. filing cabinet gets stolen or somebody breaks into a facility that has, has um, paper records, I mean, that counts as, as this category too. I, I would say one thing that's really interesting about the theft category is this is actually actually an area that we've gotten better in over time. So if you go to the, if you look at the trends on um, healthcarebreaches.com, you'll see that there's a spike in breaches for the theft category. But over time, that has really decreased. And I believe a, a big portion of that is we're just better at encrypting laptops. We're better at not using thumb drives or encrypting thumb drives. So I mean, if those, if an encrypted laptop gets stolen, I mean, it's not a reportable breach if nobody can get into the laptop and see that information. But I mean, years ago, it wasn't as common to have full disk encryption on these devices. But I mean, I think this is an area that we should actually celebrate that we've we've gotten better in over time.
1: Got it. So. I'm going to ask for a friend here because I've never done anything like this. Yeah. But if, say, a hypothetical emergency physician, let's call him Fleon Schmadelman, <laughs> um, decided to do his his notes from his laptop from, from a Starbucks, is that opening up um, a potential breach? It is... It-
0: Potentially, yes. I mean, I would be careful about accessing, I mean, especially sensitive information from public Wi-Fi. If you're going to do that, I would highly suggest you use some type of VPN or secure connection to your your facility. Um, or you can, um, a lot of people don't use that public Wi-Fi and just um, use the hotspot on your cell phone instead. So that's, mm. that's even easier for people that don't have the Technology means to have a VPN connection, so I highly suggest that that you do that. I would say it it's definitely a, a um, an attack vector that that is is used, but yeah, you, you do have to be careful about
1: that. Got it. And then the the third category that you mentioned was um, unauthorized access or disclosure. Can you sure. talk a little bit more about about those kind of breaches? Yeah, so
0: that's just um, somebody seeing data that they really shouldn't have access to I remember when I was uh, working in the in the hospital there is a big thing about hey if a well-known individual comes into the the hospital maybe it's a celebrity Mm -hmm. maybe it's a sports star and there's a well-known injury that they have you don't want everybody looking at that person's record. So, I mean, that record is very sensitive. It's pretty locked down. So anybody that accesses that record that shouldn't be accessing that, that could be an issue. Um, Or what happens, used to happen a lot more often, is that people would send data to incorrect individuals. So let's say Mm. you're you're physically mailing a lot of um, patient records out to you're thinking you're sending it to the patient but you send it to the wrong individual maybe it's just a labeling issue on the physical mail and you send it to the wrong individual or there's there's been a lot of cases where companies or healthcare organizations have sent out physical mail but in their in that um, plastic window for the address, it also exposes maybe a social security number in there. So that's technically a um, a, a breach as well. Um, There's also cases where individuals have tried emailing patient information, which really isn't the best thing to do anyways, but they email it to the wrong individual. That's technically a Mm. breach. Or sometimes they'll send a whole list of patients instead of encrypting it when they're sending it through email. Maybe they send it to a, a wrong individual and it's not encrypted. That's um, that's technically a, a breach as well in this um, unauthorized
1: access category. Got it. And with within these categories, um, the data seems to show that hacking is the one that's becoming much more frequent over the last few years. Yeah. Why Why is hacking so much more common?
0: Yeah, I mean. I mean, for that last co- category, unauthorized access, that was rising for a while. But this, you know, the last couple of years, we've actually seen that decline. So we've actually done better about that as well. I'm not sure if there are more hacking incidents now, or we're also just getting better at discovering these incidents mm. as well. I mean, there's if you look at research done on um, hacking incidents you know, a lot of organizations don't even realize they've been hacked for an entire year. They'll realize that, hey, these intruders have been in our system for a very long time. So I think we're getting better at discovering these these incidents. I definitely think there's there's also increasing also, um, you know, we have way more security professionals than we ever have. We have better mm-hmm. tools than we've ever had. But it's so easy for somebody... To just send out phishing emails and just hope one person clicks on the link or one person puts in their username and password. I mean, any it's very uh, very low level hacking uh, out there to to do that. I mean, one individual without a huge skill set can send out ten thousand emails and just hope one person um, clicks on that. So I think that um, you know we have really great technology out there, but also you know, targeting individuals is so easy these days that, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're just going to keep seeing this, uh, occur occur until we get a handle
1: on, on on that a little bit more. And job security for, for, for Stern. Yeah.
0: Like we were were talking about, um, before the show, I mean, ideally we hope that we have, um, Less of less of that business, you know. Eventually, I mean that, that would be that would be ideal. So I do have to say, though, I mean, we've been doing this for for a while now, and uh, especially the organizations we've worked with over the years, we see see a lot of progress in their cybersecurity program. Mm-hmm. So even though cybersecurity incidents still occur, I mean, criminals are going to have to try more complicated attacks to get into some right. of these organizations. So that that's definitely a positive
1: note. So, so who are these criminals that are doing these, these hacks? Is it, is it mostly the Russians, or is there more to this story that, than just Russian hackers?
0: Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of it is um, done by criminal organizations now. I mean, years ago, I'd say when I first started getting into cybersecurity, a lot of the hacking was just done by hobbyists, people that are just curious about, um, can I get into this system? Can I get into this company? wow, I really did it. That's great. Um, Now, I mean, people realize how much money you can make doing this this work. So yeah, a lot of it is by criminal entities. I mean, if you look at other countries too, I mean, um, the dollar goes a lot further in some other countries. So if you you hold an organization for ransom and you say, hey, the ransom is $100,000, I mean, that could go a lot further in another country, um, especially if it's a a country that will never extradite their uh, citizens to the the United States. So, I mean, it could be an an easier attempt from from, uh, somebody in in one of those countries. So I I think, yeah, we've definitely seen a trend towards more organized crime. I I think that when you think hackers, a lot of people incorrectly think it's just um, some... Guy with a hoodie in his mom's basement, but that's uh, that's really no longer the case. No matter how much we joke about it, that's it's usually a well-organized uh, criminal organization. I mean, sometimes it's um, nation states is, as well. I'd say majority of these um, healthcare um, breaches are, are probably criminal
1: organizations too. Got it. And you mentioned the ransom part of this. How how does the hack turn into a ransom situation.
0: Yeah, great, great question. So, I mean, criminal individuals figured out that you know we need to. They they've tried. They wanted to figure out a way to actually get money based off of all their their exploits. True. And now, within you know the last last few years, they realized that with ransomware, you can actually do that. So, I mean, once they break into a company, they don't have to steal those records and try to post that somewhere and host some type of auction anymore. Now what they can do is just encrypt all the information on these servers and now tell the health care organization or tell the bank or credit union, they'll say, hey, all of your data is encrypted. You cannot get access to this anymore. If you want to get access to this information again, you will have to pay us this amount of money, We will send you the decryption keys and then you'll never hear from us again. And, you know, for a while um, that really worked. And then um, companies started getting smarter and they said, all right, well, now we're going to back up all of our information. So if it Mm. does get compromised, you know, we will not have to pay this ransom. And then, of course, the criminal organization said, all right, now people are going to stop paying the ransom We're going to have to step it up a notch and so now you'll see you see a lot of the these criminals will say not only have we encrypted the information but we will publicly release all this information if you do not um if you do not pay us so now it's even more incentive for these organizations to actually pay the ransom because obviously they don't want the patient records released to the public
1: got it Let's take a break to tell you about our sponsor, Ivy Clinicians. Full disclosure here, I'm Ivy's founder. Both as a practicing physician and ED medical director, navigating the job market felt like going back to the days of classifieds and smoke-filled rooms. Who staffs which ED? I don't know. Who should I contact there? I don't know. What's it like to work there? You get the point. So our team at Ivy created the Zillow of the emergency medicine job market. With Ivy, you can find all 5,549 EDs in the United States, filter them by your preferences and connect with the right employers all for free. Your data is secure with Ivy. You pick which employers can see your profile. Sign up now at ivclinicians.io. When Ivy connects you with your next emergency medicine job, we will even send you a bottle of champagne and a bag of 321 coffee beans to celebrate. That's Ivyclinicians.io. All right, back to the show. Do you do you have a sense for how big these ransoms are for? So they're there were recent cases in in hospitals in Tallahassee, Florida, and CHS. Like, how, how much money are these criminals asking for from from these large health systems?
0: It's really all over the place. I mean, the these criminals will will encrypt the information, and then they'll realize they'll do research on these organizations that they've hacked into, and they'll say, "All right, what is the amount that we think this organization can afford, they want to push it so they'll make as much money as possible, but they don't want to make the amount so drastic that the company says, hey, we just will never be able to afford this. So they try to entice them with, um, if it's a small organization, maybe it'll be uh, a few hundred thousand dollars. If it's a large organization, they'll say, hey, we know you're losing millions of dollars a day by having your data encrypted, having having to send patients to other locations. So we can Mm -hmm. offer up, you know, millions of dollars and say, you know, we will make all these problems go away if you just pay us several million dollars. So it's really all over the place, depending on how much they think the company
1: could pay. Got it. And in my preparation by watching lots of movies about (laughs) uh, hostage situations (laughs) and such, I've learned that negotiating with hostage takers is not a particularly brilliant strategy. No. Do how does this play out in in the the healthcare cybersecurity world?
0: Yeah, I mean, now there's entire companies that will be the hostage negotiators. I mean, they will negotiate on your behalf to try to get the price down and 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 um, try to help you pay for this ransom. But I mean, I've I've seen. I've seen um, success and a lot of failure in this case. I saw one organization where they they were hacked. They had ransomware throughout their entire environment. I mean, they were shut down, losing money every day and they said, "Hey, we're just we're going to pay this ransom." They even used one of the, uh, a negotiating company to help them. They paid the ransom. Mm. They decrypted their information and a few days later all their information was encrypted again, and they went back to these. Um, the ran- oh criminal organization said, "Listen, we paid the ransom. How are you doing this again to us?" And they said, "Oh, that's not us. That's another criminal organization that got into <laughs> oh your company." So I mean, it, it's tough to oh know whether it's, it's true or not, or they're just trying to get more money out of the organization. I've also seen cases where a company will actually pay the ransom and they do not get their decryption keys. Yeah. So, I mean, there's that case, too. So you're seeing some legislation being proposed about um, telling companies they're not even allowed to um, negotiate. Mm-hmm. You're not even allowed to pay the ransom. So you just have to um, figure out a way to get your your, your data back. Because, I mean, from a government level, you're, they're – you're basically paying and feeling a, a criminal organization when you're, you're paying here. So, um, right. well, they're trying to encourage you not, not to pay, but, um, yeah, it's, it's really all over the place of whether you're going to get your information back or not, or if they're going to hack you again, even
1: if you do pay. And yeah. so it's, it's really all over the place. And if you know of any cases where they didn't pay the r- ransom where the, the healthcare system didn't pay the ransom, yeah. what, what were the consequences? What, what happens next?
0: Yeah, I mean, there are sites where they will release the information publicly. Um, it's usually on some um, dark web site that they'll release that information. I mean, there's some cases where instead of releasing the information, they just don't give the decryption keys. So you just have to oh, wow. deal with it. Um, but, but I think some companies are... I'd say a lot of companies are getting better at backing up their information. So mm-hmm. some companies say, hey, we're just going to take the downtime hit for now and we're going to work on restoring all of our information. We're going to wipe our machines and it'll take a little bit of time. Some have gone back to paper records for a certain amount of time and then they are they're, um, work on getting things up and running. So, so yeah, I mean, the, the criminal organizations look at this as a business. They want to make it a little bit painful so companies will will pay for it and and, um health organizations also want to get up and running as fast as as possible. I mean you're you're an emergency physician so you know how it'd be if immediately you don't have access to to your computers at all and you have to deal with everything um, you know with uh, paper records or without using the the computer. So I guess it's a it's a little painful on on that side.
1: And on the Kind of law enforcement side. Do most of these criminals are they eventually found or not found? How how does how does it work on the law enforcement side?
0: Yeah, I mean, occasionally you'll hear cases of where these these criminals are are found. Um, and say, I mean, if it happens, you know, within the U.S., a lot of times you hear cases where that they're they're discovered and and um, found. If they're mm-hmm. in a, you know, sometimes you'll hear about hey, these, are, these criminals are in a country where they will never extradite these individuals. We know who the individuals are, but we cannot get access to the individuals. But sometimes you hear about um, the, the authorities actually capturing these individuals when they go and travel outside of that country. So now that they have millions of dollars, they're wealthy, they can go travel to these other locations. And when they actually do travel to those locations, they'll, they'll get uh, captured at, at that point. So... You do hear some some good wins there. Um, there are a lot of cases though that we just have no idea who this person is or who this group is.
1: Yeah, I heard a story once of of a health system that was essentially working with the FBI and offered some of these Russian hackers a very lucrative job within the health system <laughs> to defend the you know, essentially to to be the. The stern security for that <laughs> health system, and they flew. They flew these Russians over to, to <laughs> Utah, and the FBI arrested them as soon as they their flight landed in, that in is great. All so right. <laughs> there, I guess there are there are ways to there are ways to to do it. Yeah. How I, I guess a a connected question is how much of this is a Bitcoin story or or a blockchain story? Cryptocurrency just makes it
0: it's just makes it so much easier to actually get money into the criminal's hands. I mean, you're thinking if, if a healthcare organization gets compromised, the criminals can say, Hey, send us, you know, five Bitcoin right now and your problems will go away. I mean, that's something that within a, a day, uh, an organization can send that money. So it's not as complicated as a uh, organization having to have a, briefcase full of cash and send that over or a wire transfer that could be tracked. Um, there are definitely ways to track the cryptocurrency, but um, it's also a lot easier to funnel it through other, other channels. And so um, I'd, I'd say the cryptocurrency kind of arrived in a, for, from a criminal standpoint in a good time where they can take advantage of that with, uh, with ransomware
1: and actually get their,
0: the money in their hands a lot faster
1: and the the i feel like the cool thing to to talk about moved from a cryptocurrency to ai with chat gpt and and yeah. bing incorporating ai how much of the cat and mouse game do you think is going to incorporate ai moving forward i think it's
0: going to be more popular moving forward i mean they I saw an article recently where one of the first AI-generated malware was was um, was created. So I mean, this is something that's that's just going to um, going to be increasing over time. But I would like to see more AI defenses uh, on the other side mm-hmm. to protect against this. So I, I think it could really go both ways. I mean, you could um, you can use this technology for good or or evil, so I think it's, yeah, there's always going to be a, a, a cat and mouse game here, but I think
1: that, I think we can make a positive impact on that, so. Yeah, got it, so basically same game, more more complicated technology. <laughs> yeah, so,
0: exactly, so there's there's a lot of money okay. to be made on, on both sides, but we're, we're recruiting all these talented individuals to, to be on the good side over here. I,
1: I believe it. <laughs> a lot of what we've talked about has been on a kind of organizational system level. Why should an individual clinician who's just going to work, seeing patients, why should, why should they care? I mean,
0: the way I look at it is we're all in this uh, healthcare industry to help others, to help their their lives and make them healthier. I think the The health goes on both the digital and physical side. So, I mean, if you care about your your patients, you should also care about protecting that information of theirs. Um, You know, it can be incredibly damaging to an individual to lose their identity. And so I think just as good stewards of a person's health, I mean, I think that transfers um, from the physical health to also their digital health as Mm -hmm. well. So... Um, yeah, I mean, and also, I imagine uh, you know, physicians get into this business to to really care about their their patients and do um, help out as many people as possible. And um, these uh, cyber attacks can um, really halt business. And um, if you want your business moving forward, continue helping others. Then, yeah, you should really really care about that information. I mean, plus the. Plus, some of the regulations are getting more teeth too. So you don't want to have to um, get fined for not protecting that information as well. And patients have uh, have choices on where where they can go, and so they want to work with somebody that's actually not only the the best physician taking care of their health, but also taking care about the of their information as well.
1: And if they do want to kind of step up their their personal cybersecurity game, what what are steps that individual clinicians can take to better secure their information? Sure.
0: I mean, there, there are a lot of resources, even for free, that that um, individual clinicians can do. If you go to, um, uh, I mean, our website, we have free tools that organizations can use. I mean, we, um, we have a tool called um, Velocity and individuals can, or small organizations can sign up for free and we'll tell them all the baseline Mm -hmm. things they should do to protect their information. If you go to healthit.gov, I mean, there's great resources Mm -hmm. on there also. They have a tool where you can do a, um, they'll help you with a HIPAA risk assessment. So you can do that for free on their site as well. And um, I, I think that's a really good, good place for, you know, both of those resources, a great place for individual clinicians to, to start to actually protect their information and actually have a, a strategy on, on what to do moving forward.
1: What makes you optimistic about the future of healthcare in the United States? From a
0: technology standpoint, I'm, I'm excited about all the technology that we have to help individuals. I mean, I think that healthcare is becoming more accessible to individuals too. I mean, we're, we're here Speaking remote now, you can do that with your physician as well. I know with um, my primary care provider. I mean, I can send messages to them and, and talk about my my health. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, twenty years ago, you, you couldn't really really do that. I think that I think that's just amazing how we can use technology to help our health. I mean, we have all these trackers where you can track our health, our sleep schedule, our exercise schedule. I mean, that's that's really amazing. I think we're going. The right direction on that with healthcare security. I I really like how we have we have the the breach trends going in the right direction when it comes to theft mm-hmm. and unauthorized access. I think we have a ways to go on the on the hacking breaches, and there's a lot of breaches still with third party providers where they're getting compromised. So I think that I think that we have a lot of tools and people that can help so i'm optimistic about about that but we still have a, a little ways to go but i think we're going in in the right direction and i mean even even the fact that you as a physician uh have this uh, show and actually talking about cybersecurity, i think this is something that we want to have seen even years ago so i mean that's um that's incredibly optimistic for for me
1: I think it's because I I hate downtimes so much. <laughs> but I don't. Yeah, you know, it's it's a it's a disaster for for the ER to to go on downtime. We don't even like paper charts. You know, used to make things efficient, but when you when you just stop your whole EMR, like you just don't know what to do. You're like flying <laughs> blind. Yeah, I,
0: I completely understand that. So. I mean, have you been in situations where you've had to had to resort back to paper records or had to tell people there're gonna be delays
1: because we're running into issues? <laughs> well, Epic used to, I think it's less frequent, but Epic used to have these like three or four hour downtimes where they updated their their software. And so mm-hmm. I think they, yeah, you know, I'm not sure they actually needed those downtimes. <laughs> I think it was it was a reminder. It was like, you know, imagine life without Epic. Here, here's a That's little right. taste of how bad it could be. Now pay us a billion dollars. That's right. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> I could see that. <laughs> cool. Yeah, yeah. Their Epic is very good at what they do. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, what book or movie would you recommend to our audience?
0: You know it's funny uh, on our team we we have this running um, in in our profiles in our internal chat, we have what we think are the best hacker movies to um, to watch. So I think um, the old classic uh, hackers is what probably got me initially into hacking. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of, if you're interested in, in hacking though, and um, security, I mean, uh, Mr. Robot's a really good uh, show that actually has real hacks, so it's not really the fantasy hacks that that you see. Um, I would highly recommend, uh, highly recommend that that show as well. So there's there's a lot of lot of great movies um, Sneakers. Um, yeah, a lot, lot of oh, great yeah. ones.
1: That's that, a classic. Yeah,
0: a lot, lot of good uh, hacking movies out there.
1: And if folks are inspired by this conversation and want to learn more about stern security how how can they best reach you
0: sure if you go to sternsecurity.com you can reach us there and look at all of our research and we publish our breach reports you can get to our healthcarebreaches.com site from there i would follow us on on linkedin as well and we, we post our our research and our, our information on there as well so yeah definitely definitely go to our our sites and reach out if there, if there are there any questions
1: Got it. Well, John, this has been great. Um, I hope our audience is sufficiently scared of of <laughs> breaches and and hacks and ransomware, um, and no longer trying to get around the the IT folks uh, during <laughs> night shifts on their <laughs> in their hospital. Yeah,
0: I think it, it is definitely a balance, though. Too if you if you have good security people you're working with, they'll understand your position that you're in from a provider standpoint and they won't make it so difficult for you to do the job. I mean, the best security I, I like to think of is one where you're protecting a company and they don't even know you're there. So ideally, we're invisible. We're just in the background helping out and you're just focusing on your, your medical practice and your business and you don't even have to worry about um, hackers
1: or anything. So we should be in the shadows here. That's awesome. Well, thanks, John. Uh, John's the founder of Stern Security and has, has really taught us a lot today about um, how to keep keep our patients and our institutions and ourselves safe, safe from hackers and ransomware. Thank you, Dr.
0: Edelman. We've, I really appreciate you having me on the show. Thank you.
1: Thanks for listening to the Emergency Medicine Workforce podcast. If you have feedback for us or just have some thoughts on this episode, hit us up on social media at EM Workforce, And don't forget to subscribe now to this podcast on your favorite podcast app or at emergencymedicineworkforce.com. This podcast is edited and produced by EarFluence. I'm Leon Edelman, and if you're in the emergency medicine trenches, I appreciate all of the work that you do. We'll see you again soon with the next episode.